0: Hello and welcome to James Bond and Friends. It's been a while, hasn't it, friends? It's been <laughs> several weeks or months. Uh, not a lot's been going on, has it? Um, so uh, we thought we would gather a small crew to talk about the new James Bond release, uh, 007 Road to Million. The spin-off that they said they would never do on Amazon Prime right now, uh, which is getting very wild mixed reviews. Um one day it got five stars in the Guardian, and the next day it got one star in the Guardian. <clears throat> and I think that's kind of like uh, analogous to the Twitter response from the fan base. Um, so, to discuss this new show, I'm glad to be joined by David Lee, Bill Koenig, and Sean Longmore. Would you like to introduce yourself, guys?
1: Hi there. This is David Lee. I run the the James Bond dossier website, and I am the author of the complete guide to the drinks of James Bond.
2: Hello, I'm Bill Koenig, and I am the webmaster of the Spy Command blog, um, and happy to, I'm happy to be invited to talk about this.
3: And hello, I'm Sean Longmore. I'm a graphic designer. I sometimes do Bond
0: posters. I do other things. I do Blu-rays. Just done a Roger Moore Blu-ray. That's exciting. I think first thing we should do, we should talk about how much of this we've seen and be honest about it. Um, so whether it's red smoke or green smoke, we guarantee none of it will be blown up, blown up your ass, <laughs> Um So I'm going to admit that I got to one and a half episodes and I just couldn't do it anymore. How about you guys?
1: Well, I have managed uh, four episodes so far.
0: I have
2: seen all eight, but to be honest, I probably would have, would not have gone to see all eight. Except my wife was intrigued. She watches a lot more reality TV than I do. Let's watch it together. (laughs) Because we don't watch stuff together often. Right, right. So so I I sat in and finished the whole thing this week.
3: Uh, And I've watched all eight, but by myself, which kind of makes it even sadder. (laughs) So you have
0: only yourself to blame. (laughs) I do, I do. To coin a phrase. To coin, yeah. So uh, I'm going to open full disclosure uh, for those who don't know. Uh, I've worked for the best part of 20 years in film and TV tech and especially last 15 in production, especially unscripted. So you know that they say if you like sausages, don't go to the sausage factory to see how the sausage is made. <laughs> Unfortunately for unscripted, I know how this show is made, even just by looking at it for two minutes. And so it, it, it's kind of like a busman's holiday to watch it. And um, I was gritting my teeth because – I was seeing so many mechanics of how they did this that really <laughs> frustrated me, and I'll just come out with this: Brian Cox was not in the show when it started. No, oh no, right out. Yeah, and the proof of it is quite easy to see in the production because whenever the question is asked or there's graphics of the response, or whatever it is, they always cut away to the reverse shot, and then they have Brian <laughs> do the voiceover. It's so obvious he doesn't appear there's, in anything.
3: There's there's a conversation in one of the episodes later on where he's supposed to be sort of speaking directly to the contestants as they right. get to what they're calling Sam Monique. Um, and you could just really tell that someone had read the lines elsewhere, right. and then they've dubbed in Brian afterwards. Yes,
0: afterwards. yeah. So the casting came much later in this production. And, you know, I... I I couldn't enjoy it because I just couldn't get over seeing where all the joins were. But the one thing I did notice from the intros, um, and this is like the the depth of my feedback on it is the little three dots before the 007 logo in the title sequence tells you the movies that are going to be referenced in the episode. Right. Other than that, other than that, (laughs) it's, it's a bit thin, isn't it? (laughs) on the, on well, the, uh, on on the references to bond.
2: Well, and I mentioned my wife, like sh- she found it interesting, but she even said to me, then it doesn't seem like there's that much James Bond. <laughs> and she's the main reason I saw all the episodes. So she picked up, she picked up on that. And then I explained to her some of the bond references that she had forgotten or, you know, didn't know. um, I mean, she, again, she her interest was as a viewer of reality shows.
0: Yeah, but generally. isn't that a, isn't that a proof that the show has failed its mission to get fans on board? If or or, or general audiences is, is if your wife, who is adjacent to your fandom, right, who probably knows more about Bond than the regular person in the street through you, right, right, didn't spot anything really, right? right? So I was expecting it to be like, "Ooh, that's the bit from Skyfall." People would say, but they didn't. They didn't. They didn't show clips. They didn't reference anything specific. Um, well, you know, and, episode, two, and- episode two. There's a house called Kincaid, right? That they go to. I, I don't get the, the the concept of where the integration with the series comes from. If the average cinema goer can't spot them, and there isn't enough for the fan, who does it appeal to?
1: Well, yeah, I- it's a, it's a bit of a weird one because I mean, I mean basically uh they could have made any program slapped some bond music on it and uh you've you've got uh you've got a double themed uh amazon show it, it's um you know it, 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 it's largely down to the music i think
2: mm. um yes, because i don't know if this is true outside of the u s but when I hit pause, you would see um the contestants and their yeah, names yeah, yeah. But you would also see the track of music, at least a lot of the time. You know, like the composer, what movie it was from. And one of my criticisms of this is almost, or the vast majority of the music is from the Craig era. There are like eight episodes. Only two have music by John Barry, who did 11 movies and and established the musical template for the whole Bond series. But, and, and, and for example, there was one episode among the later episodes that had a lot of live and let die tropes. And is there music from Live and Let Die? No, there's uh, music from uh, the Craig era. But yeah, most boom, of it's boom, Casino boom, Royale, boom, boom, boom. isn't it? Right. Well, Casino Royale or I mean, or No Time to Die, it doesn't matter. It was just, you know, David Arnold, Hans Zimmer, Thomas Newman, they provided 90% of the music. 80%, whatever, you know, that ran during the eight
0: episodes.
3: Yeah, I, I, I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts on the show in general, um, and particularly how they've integrated Bond. But oh, the music in particular, what I found was really strange. They've got David Arnold in to do the new theme, which is, is great, and is the title sequence is lovely. Um, but then also they've got uh, what, I, what sound like bits of new music. I don't know if he's done that, integrated throughout. And then, like you no, say, there's somebody
0: else that does the new is music? Is there
3: somebody else?
0: Yeah. Um,
3: and but that doesn't start till episode two. And there's there's a lot of music where it feels like they're editing the scene and the action to fit the music track, particularly oh, in that first episode. And it drove yep. me absolutely potty because we'd suddenly go from something that seems like it was picking up a little bit of traction in the editing and the pacing of the show, and then it, we'd suddenly drop back to that same track of them looking over the hills from Skyfall. And that same bit of music, which is lovely in its own right and lovely in context of the film, but when you're suddenly cutting back and slowing everything down to that tiny, slow pace, it just, it really sucks sort of the sort of tension out of the show. Um, and, there's, and, and it just continues through the whole series where they've obviously gone, right, we've got this music track, oh, we're in this location, so we're going to use this track of music from this film, and then edited the footage to match that. And it, it, it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. And you're right. The the music is pretty much entirely Craig era. I think it's not until episode three until a piece of John Barry pops up.
2: That's right.
3: And yeah, then but- there's some in the last episode, and there's one particular. I don't, are we doing spoilers, James? Are we? Uh, do, do you uh, mind, David? Don't give the Don't give Don't give the thinking- answers to the questions. <laughs>
1: Earlier on, I, I was thinking, I'm coming on this, so there are going to be spoilers, so go ahead. Yeah.
3: Well, there's, there's a bit, and I don't know if you felt this, Bill, where they suddenly play the theme from Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Yes. And it felt so incredibly jarring to me just because I felt you have not earned this. And they're obviously in Switzerland and they're showing aerial shots of the mountains and all this beautiful B roll that they've shot. But it just really didn't feel like they'd earned that music at all. And It felt just such an odd decision to use the title sequence music for Majesties when you've got all this beautiful, mountain-esque music that Barry composed for the film.
0: Hans Zimmer says, hold my beer.
2: (laughs) Yes. Well, (laughs) and on top of that, in the same episode, Sean, that you're talking about, the episode probably not intentionally actually evokes a 1975 spy movie with Clint Eastwood And that was the Iger sanction Mm -hmm. because the contestants are like trying to lower themselves to get a case or whatever it was Mm -hmm. on the Iger, and it's like, guys, like you franchise, yeah. Like this has nothing to do with Bond. Well, even why are you doing this?
3: Even within Bond, a lot of that final episode involves all three of the couples are having to do a rifle shoot. Um, and they they have to shoot very small targets with a laser rifle. That's very obviously inspired by *For Your Eyes Only*. Yes, not not a single reference to *For Your Eyes Only* at all in the entire show.
2: Right, and and also, what was it? There was another episode that had a lot of *Live and Let Die* tropes, and there's no music from *Live and Let Die*. Mm-hmm. You 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 still have Thomas Newman,
0: Hans Zimmer, etc. Like, what's going on here? You've got me thinking that. Because the production company for a couple or several years were pestering Eon to Jack to let them make this. I do wonder if they designed the show like, could we make this if we don't get the license?
2: <laughs> it's- oh, absolutely. Yeah. That makes that makes a hundred percent sense because you could strip out all the Bond tropes
0: and still have something. You know, what I mean is, is there anything in the show that's apart from the title sequence and the music that's actually protected?
1: Oh, uh, I, I wouldn't <laughs> think so. No. I do You I, have
2: they, a you have a DB five replica. Probably one of the ones. Doesn't matter because anybody no can own die. a DB. Anybody can own a DB five. Uh, no, you, you, you have a sign that says "trespassers will be
0: eaten." That you existed have, before I, the films. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I, I don't mean to sh- <laughs> shoot down, but what I'm just saying is that I don't think there's anything in it.
3: There was the, no, there, there was, was um, the prop, the burnt out Jaguar from Spectre. It's in uh, one of the yeah, hosts... it's
1: in episode two or three, I think. Yeah, yeah the
3: the two nurses go into the house. It's it's very there are little things that are Bond like that, and this it's how it's integrated. And I'm not. I must say, when I saw all the trailers and the adverts for this, I did think, well, it's The Amazing Race. They're doing The Amazing Race for Bond. And right. I thought, well, that's kind of... That, and I kind of did think there was a good idea and I wanted to like it more than I did because The Amazing Race hasn't reached over here in the UK. No, so it's very,
0: it was, was extremely popular in the States, mm-hmm. The Amazing Race. So
3: there's kind of a gap in the market there. And it, I think there is a good idea to make it Bond theme because you're kind of introducing that to British audiences. But then it's... It's how they've then sort of taken... The Bond integration is is it's kind of half in, half out, and it annoyed me how to the point where they're, they're trying so hard to evoke Bond and to tell you this is Bond. And they're constantly saying, this is Bond. Like sometimes at one point, one of the code on a padlock is 007, and they're showing right. you all the Bond location, the replicating shots from the film. And all I kept thinking was, well, put some footage from the films in or something. If you're going to these locations, even just splice a bit of footage. I don't think it needs to be steeped in Bond and particularly made for Bond fans no. and particularly full of Bond references. You know they, but, could
0: have done, they could have done some very nice match cuts mm-hmm. right, from Absolutely. film clips.
3: Absolutely.
0: You know, like fade into the modern scenario or, from the footage because you're or, at the same location you can do exactly.
3: and even Or even just like when they go to a location, a little caption on the screen that says what film it's from or just a little introduction right. just, or some behind-the-scenes footage of the cast. And because it, also this show is padded to hell, it's really padded and stretched out for eight episodes, and it would just alleviate some of that. And it, it just – it's really confused me as a show, and I wanted it to be better than it is, which is why I'm frustrated.
2: I, I was going to say a couple things. So, one, there was one episode, I believe it was the two brothers go into Brazil and they go way into Brazil and they find these photos. And it's like me as a Bond fan instantly yep. recognize these photos as the, the cable car operation from the, the Rio. Big,
3: the big red wheel. Yes. I, 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 yeah. I hit the same thing. And that, yeah. that was kind of a nice balance, I thought, because if you're a Bond fan, you get it. If you're not a Bond fan, you don't. Right, and it kind of works.
2: It kind of worked, but um, but then that, now they have to go all the way out to <laughs> Rio, <laughs> and then they climb up the uh, the mountain to get to the cable car station, etc. And they actually go out on top of the cable car, like in the movie. Mm-hmm. So that was that was very interesting. That that might have been my favorite episode <laughs> of the eight. Um, but it, yeah.
3: No, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree there, but and they find like the button, they the button that the bad guys pressing in Moonraker when he's trying to make the cable car go faster. They found the exact same button and it's like they're so obviously trying to go look this is Bond and these are things for Bond. These are things for Bond fans. And like you say James, while they were in those two cable cars, they could have cut back to the footage of mm-hmm. jaws and Roger from Moonraker. Yeah. yeah.
0: David, yeah. you didn't watch this alone, did you?
1: I did not know. Uh, I've been I've been watching I've been watching it with my my wife. I, in fact, I, I was surprised that um, she wanted to watch it. I thought I was going to watch the first episode alone. And um, so, but I, I, the night before it, it came out, I said, "Oh look, this is this is coming on," and uh, uh, and I'm I'm going to watch this tomorrow morning so I I can do a re- review of it. She said she said no 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 I want to watch it. So can can you wait, and and rather than watch it twice, I waited. So, uh, um, but yeah, uh, we, we we've been having a good laugh at it, to be honest, because I wasn't expecting to like it at all. And you know, I, I don't I don't think it's necessarily the right uh, thing to have done. And I, it's you know, I, you know, doing a brand stretch into reality TV. Uh, I, I think isn't really the the right decision but uh you know i got to recognize that they're they're trying to milk the cash cow as well so uh well yeah to to answer your question no i haven't been watching it alone
2: well (laughs) can i say something i i wrote this in a blog post my blog which was in the 2020s 007 road to a million is like james bond jr was to the 1990s right like two different genres but essentially a placeholder because both cases there's a long extended hiatus between bond films and it's a way of and kind of bonds. sort of kind of keeping bond's name out there but you know just
0: can i tell you the one difference between them though Bill? james Go bond ahead. jr actually onboarded new fans to the series franchise mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't and- think the show is gonna be is gonna be like oh you know what we should do we should watch a Bond movie this weekend because I really like that show that we watched. I don't think that's gonna happen.
2: Well, and in addition to that, James Bond Junior actually had James Bond characters. You had <laughs> that's Doctor <true>. now.
0: <laughs> that's Weird looking. I, there, the other the, still- other the other irony is they made they made this they made this big thing about you know Bonds back on Prime and we're going to launch this show. So they launched the show. The Bond movies leave Prime in two weeks. Well, oh, really? also, they've, got, they've got fourteen days left, and then they're going to shuffle off to probably some other service. Well, also, so how 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 are you building that?
1: Yeah, that, that's that's a really that's a really weird decision. Yeah, right.
2: Well, just we're recording this on a Friday in the United States. Amazon Prime shows National Football game, National Football League games on Thursday night, and so they did at least three promos last night this and one time one of the announcers on the football game is reading the promo it says hey are there going to be bond girls on this and his sidekick says well i don't know <laughs> so obviously they haven't watched it if they're employed by amazon prime right <laughs> um i mean again it, again it's an american thing but like god
0: they're trying to like shove this down our throats There's there's been radio, there's been there's been radio spots in the UK, TV commercials.
3: Yeah, I've seen it on a few buses.
0: Yeah, over here. Um, But but like money's been spent on it. Money, uh, a lot of money has been spent on. it. uh,
3: Well, like you say, James, it could have been a really good tool to essentially market the films to a new audience and to market the films
0: on Prime. But
3: there's just there's nothing from the films in the show, which has really confused me.
0: Gonna. Uh, Give me an example of that, which was on our group chat, and names will be withheld. Um, three of us took completely different references about Venice and the snake in episode one. You know, like, I thought, well, that's Moonraker with a big snake, right? And somebody else thought, no, it's from Russia, because spend Venice. Like, that's the problem with the show in a nutshell, is even hardcore fans can't agree what the references are because they're so vague.
3: No, well, no, 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 no there, is, there is one Bond character in there. Did you, did you spot them, Bill? The, the one big Bond cameo, and it really made my eyes roll, and I, I messaged I him. Messaged
0: I'd just say, let's give everybody a 10-second spoiler warning. If you don't yeah, want to know who the, if it, who the surprise <laughs>
3: guest is, <laughs> oh,
0: mute, mute, count to 10 and come back. Who is it, Sean? It,
3: it is the card dealer from Casino Royale.
0: And no.
3: I'm and I'm sure I'm sure he's a lovely guy and he's great in Casino Royale, but my God, I was like, that is the cameo you're picking. You could, and he brings on a suitcase, he puts it down, he opens it up, you get two shots of him, and that's that wasn't
0: it. even his job in the film.
3: Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't even that guy. It wasn't that was even Mr. suitcase guy. That
0: was Mr. Mendel with the chocolates.
3: Yeah, <laughs> so they even got that wrong. And, and it, it just baffled me because you could have had anybody. There's there's a, there's a whole fleet of uh, retired Bond women waiting in the wings for their moment, and you could have just you could have hired anybody to come and bring in that suitcase in, and it would have been like just Aw. get Caroline
0: Munro on a helicopter. Exactly. I mean, how hard exactly. is it? Exactly.
3: And every Bond fan would have gone, "Oh my god, that's great!" Even if she'd have just walked in with a suitcase. I mean, Caroline Munro on a helicopter—that would have been an even better reality TV show. You could have spun off Treasure Hunt with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: with, with Annika, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sorry, that's a very deep British 80s yeah. reference there uh, um, for our international war.
3: Um but, but yeah, I was just that cameo just so deflated. And I'd seen people say, oh, there's a big Bond cameo. And I'd seen a few people say that on Twitter. And I was like, okay, all right, someone's coming later down the line. And no, it's, it's card dealer guy from Casino Royale.
2: Well, also, were any of the questions that the contestants had to answer did any of them have something to do with James Bond? I can't remember one. I've seen all eight episodes. No,
0: the one that I really want to throw a shoe at the TV Uh, projector was uh, this. Well, no, not the answers, but the questions. Because episode one, they go to a farm. What the hell that has to do with anything? I don't know. They could have made it at least a warehouse in Switzerland for Goldfinger, right? They go in there, and and there's the rolls, no, right? No, you know it's
3: it's on a Manchester Secret Service.
0: Yeah, but then they have the rolls from Goldfinger. <laughs> yeah, right, in, right. <laughs> in in yeah. the barn find, right? And I was thinking, right, they're not going to have a question about Goldfinger because that's not this kind of show. But well, it's, also, it's obviously I mean- going to be a question about gold, right? Like, what is the periodic symbol for gold? Is it G, A, U, you know, something else? So that was going to be the question. No, it's, well, the rolls was... Manufactured in this year. That was when what king was on the throne, or some shit like that. It's like it was like uh, they yeah. they they had written "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire?" questions, which is well, where I think the the question yeah. Kind of came
1: I, from. The, you're right about that. That's what it reminds me of of most. I, I think with the
0: questions, yeah. And they just there was no link whatsoever. They they well they were, they, they tried to, to do this contrived link back to something. there's some relevance to the, like we're in Scotland, so who invaded Scotland, right? But they could have put the questions adjacent to the bond references, but still made them, but still made them general knowledge, right? Another question had nothing to do with bond. Two of the
2: contestants went to Monza where the Grand Prix of uh, Italy is held. And like part of the race course is, has been long closed and they get onto the closed part. And it's like, how high is the banking on the closed part of Monza? Now I knew this, or I could figure it out very quickly, because one the the choices were eight degrees, thirty-eight degrees, and eighty-eight degrees. Well, yeah,
0: I know. Eight, it, it, it was absurd. Eighty-eight, 88 is sideways, right? <laughs> yeah. right? And
2: and and like, okay, Indianapolis Motor Speedway is nine degrees. I once interviewed an auto auto executive on the on the turn one and so like i know okay that's actually steeper than you think but like okay no way it was you know that was you know eight degrees nine degrees and then like and i know some nascar tracks stock car racing us are like 31 degrees so it's like okay and like also in the movie 1966 grand prix uh, Monza was still open and like they filmed on Monza and James Garner is driving a race car, like really steep. It's like really scary looking to watch in. So I, I figured out very quickly, but, uh, yeah, it, but it wasn't that hard for the, I mean, the guys figured out the contestants figured out pretty quickly, but again, that has nothing to do with James Bond
0: at all. Well, it's not so sort of not really even adjacent to the place they're at. Right. But here's the thing. The problem with taking who wants to be a millionaire type questions and putting them in a situation where the contestants on the ro- are on their own is there isn't the host to keep it going, to ask them what they're thinking about, oh. how they're coming to the answer. All you get is two minutes of, uh, 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 uh yeah. I don't know, what do you think, I don't know, because there isn't the host there to keep that tension going oh, and well- to keep
3: Later, later on, Brian Cox, in air quotes, does ring them a couple of times to ask them if they're sure on the answer before they answer it. Um, but but you're, you're absolutely right, and it's something that I noticed through every episode, and it made every episode annoyingly uh, formulaic, was where when they're showing these questions, it's, it's the same thing every time. Contestants find the suitcase, ask a question that's either painfully easy like, really, really easy, basic key stage one general knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> no, no offense to the contestants who I thought were great, and the swimming were great, and I'll come to that later. But some of them were so bloody easy that I was like, oh my God. And there was one where I literally shouted, fuck off at the TV. Because I, think I, was, I was like, always, how? Were,
0: were they up a more in Scotland yep, by yep, the yep,
3: yep. I was like, <laughs> how? How? But, but it, the questions are either painfully easy or there's something so random and some kind of number based question in which the contestant only has a hope of guessing the answer. There's no deduction. There's no watching them figure it out. And so we do just sit there and watch them go, um, 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 while it cuts through B-roll, which again, lovely, really lovely shot B-roll, but it just cuts through that every time. And then they put the answer in. And then we wait for the dots that seem to go on forever and they get longer as the show goes on. And you're like, oh my God. and But you're not like invested in it. You're just like, get on with it. Um, And then there's colored smoke. And the question formatting is so like rinse and repeat every time. It's the same every time. And by the end, it just made me think what on earth was actually the point in the questions because we're watching the contestants do some kind of challenge anyway. Why can they not just get to to the suitcase? There was one in the last episode, which I thought was very, very particularly mean. Where it was one task that only one of the couples managed to do, and they got the suitcase, and then it didn't have a question in it anyway. It didn't have the money in it anyway. It was just the clue to the next one, and it just, it, right? It, it just, it was like, what on earth is the point of these questions? You yourself, in the format of the show, are admitting that you don't know the point of these questions because sometimes you're just putting clues in them, so you're just making them do challenges for nothing.
2: Well, and also, I, I was just going to say, as a viewer, there's an element of sadism because, like, you're watching these people going through all this hell to, either, you know, to get to a suitcase that either had a clue to the next suitcase or finally had the question It varied. But, like, after a while, I kind of felt a little ashamed of myself watching it. Like, good grief, like. You know, I mean, I realize they're all trying to get a million pounds, but uh, I did wonder just, it,
0: if if the guy, the husband in series two, episode two, has ever lived it <laughs> ever lived it down, or will ever live it down, that he sent his wife up the crane. Oh God! He, yeah. he oh, should
2: God. not. My, my he wife was, was so annoyed with him. <laughs> I was annoyed with him. Like, oh, I'm I'm afraid of heights. You, know, you go up, darling. Like, ah. Oh.
3: And I to play devil's advocate, they do address that a little bit later on, and they give a bit where he talks to camera about his irrational fear of height. But then also, there's more activities later on where this, this poor this poor woman still had to do them. The one with the spider, and she was terrified of the spider, but she had to hold the box in the spider. And the one with the there's one with the crocodiles. And she was terrified of the crocodiles, and he's like, "Well, we'll both go in there." And it's- well,
2: well the, the husband did make it up to her kind of late yeah. in the series, where he climbs up on the yeah, yeah, mountain when he goes whatever, up the mountain, you know, in Chile, so, and I think he even acknowledged, "Well, I, I kind of stuck you with the <laughs> those hard yeah. things early, so I'll do this."
0: Um, anyway. I, I would just like to say the best thing about the show is probably Brian Cox's acting because he's clearly watching <laughs> VT of people he's never met. And clips and just reading a script, right? Now, <laughs> yeah. proof to me that he's a great actor was when he got teary-eyed in episode one about the two girls who picked the <laughs> wrong answer. I was like, you've known them for two minutes of B-roll and you're <laughs> well, crying about them. Th- th- he's there was spo- he's supposed to be this mean character who, who set up like the bank run on, on a Deal or No Deal to kind of screw them over. And mm-hmm. there he is emoting about how sad he is got the question wrong.
3: There was another another one like that. I think I don't know if it was episode five later on, and there's another couple of contestants who don't make it very far, but they're just suddenly introduced very randomly. And I was watching it. I was like, who are these guys? Where, where did they come from? And then suddenly they're out straight away. And again, you cut to a bit of Brian Cox going, oh, dear, what a shame. It's like, is it? Is it? I don't know these people. And that's what I must say is what I think the best part of the show was, was the contestants, and particularly those two lads and the two nurses who I genuinely thought were great and great to watch. And what was great about the two guys is that when they got to a question, they were talking through their thought process. I was like, well, okay, that's kind of entertaining to watch. And they had a nice jovial attitude. And the two nurses who did go through hell, bless them, again, were really just – you could – there was There was something, and the way I guess the show communicates their stories was also kind of well done, if not a little bit much in some cases. It was
0: very American network television mm-hmm. like we what? had to have the home video of them being kids at the Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and how yes. like their parents left them at the gas station or something, right, as a kid, and they're traumatized. Like there's, there's always the sub-story backs drop.
3: Well, well, that was great when it came to the nurses because uh, they were combat nurses, and they were talking about their time in the field. Yeah, they real trauma. Yeah, it was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. But then for some of them, it just wasn't.
2: Well, also there was the uh, father and son, and the father had worked on uh, oil mm-hmm. rigs in the North Atlantic and didn't get to see his son a lot. And they were like doing this Didn't adventure Didn't get to recreate of
0: Forever at the end, did he? Yeah. <laughs> they, did, they did
2: not go as far as the other people we've mentioned, but they were intriguing. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. they, overall, the uh, contestants were an interesting group. But again, doesn't really have anything to do with James Bond.
0: Well, um, it, it's, it's, I think it the, comes... closest, the closest reference to James Bond is that one of the contestants is called James Bone. He, he, was, he, was Bone, one, yes. he was one letter his, off.
2: Yeah, he and his brother were the yeah he the two Bone brothers were contestants. Mm-hmm. They were among the last three, but uh... which which
3: you could tell though you could tell they were going to go right to the end from episode one because of the amount of time we were spending with them and the amount of time we saw footage of them. Yeah, right. and
0: and here's another spoiler for like to ruin reality television that's competitive for anybody who watches it is when a show. Goes into the backstory of a character. That's the last episode they're in, usually. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: gosh. <laughs> well, also, also, the Bone Brothers were the, the two guys who went to uh, the cable car station in Rio. Mm-hmm. And they had, like, here's the thing like, they had to, like, I mean, it was a. They had to climb up the side of the mountain to Can
0: get. We talk to about it? the challenges, right? Yeah. We should talk about the challenges because. When they announced the show, I think we did an episode where I was kind of poking fun at it, like it's going to be like we're at we're at we're at the golf course from Goldfinger. Here's one thousand golf balls. Find the penfold hearts, right, or something like that. Like they do on the Amazing Race, like they have these silly challenges, right? But it was like I was watching it, and it was like climb the hill. What? That's the challenge is just climb the hill mm-hmm. or find the house. Or drive to the farm. I mean this is But this is not to, this is not what I was told.
3: To contrast that, they kind of the challenges don't build up throughout the show. They don't they some of them are suddenly dramatically hard and then some of them are really easy. And then you got to, when I was watching the last episode in particular, the challenges with the laser rifle and the small explosive explosives is near impossible. And it's like, well, of course, the only people that are going to do this are the two veterans who've handled weapons before.
0: Right, the two It it
3: was so po I was like, what What on earth's happening? It's like it was designed deliberately, and they knew exactly that these people weren't going to get through it. No, they don't. (laughs) Rig it. But, yeah, but this is the thing is, why were the rest of them so
0: bloody easy? Because they wanted them to progress in the series.
3: But, but it wasn't a progression because then you have the lady climbing the crane at the start, at the very start episode two yeah, of the show. Yeah, that,
1: that was nuts. Mm-hmm. There, there's well, no way I would have done that. Well, I, okay. I, don't care, I don't care if there's a million pounds at the end of it or not. There's no way I'm going up on a crane like that.
0: Well, here's you the problem what? with these kind of shows is uh-huh. if, you're, if you're making them, what do you do if they refuse to do it?
2: You know what? If I had gotten to 200,000 or 300,000 pounds, I said, that's it. I'm going home. Well, that's the other thing. See you later. <laughs> you know,
0: like who wants to millionaire? Be a millionaire. I'll keep coming back to it. There's, there's the jeopardy in that show, is when do you walk away? Because you're yeah. going to get yes. a question you don't know. You're going to get one that you don't know. And do you gamble or do you walk? They could also, have had that. They could have had that in this show, right?
2: I mentioned the the Iger earlier. It's like that was with the two nurses, and it's like, good grief, the sheer tension and effort just to get that far. Like, I'm done. I, it's like, you know, and, and you do see the three groups, the three twosomes at the very end, I forget what whether it was two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand pounds, whatever. They get get a bag of money. I'm like, okay, it's not a million, but it's a hell of a lot. So here you go. And that's the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, that, so that's, we're yeah,
3: that's spoilers. The, another spoiler. Is my god, it ends on a downbeat note because none of them get the million,
0: right? <laughs> I mean, that's and, like and- <laughs> that's like one hundred and one showmanship. You've uh-huh. got to have somebody win in series one.
3: Well, that, that's why. It, it, it's like they they've watched an episode of the Amazing Race but not followed through with the formula. And that's why the Amazing Race works, is because you've got that competitive element where all the contestants right. are going towards the right. same goal and right.
0: they're gradually leaving right. each week. How, how this have got eight eight episodes, eight couples. Episode yeah. one, you eliminate nine one, episode couples, two, you nine, eliminate nine one. Two-sums. Okay. Yeah. What, what I'm saying is you eliminate a team every episode yeah. until you get down yeah. to two for the final, right? That's how you do this show. Yeah.
3: But what was so clear was that they clearly only had one production crew, and they went around the world with each couple one at a time, yes. and then they've edited it together to try and make it seem more competitive than it actually was. It's, it, I, can't, I can't understand why they removed that competitive, competitive
2: element from the show. Right, because it took two or three episodes before we finally met all the contestants. Uh-huh. Um, yeah,
1: that that, that um, aspect of it has bothered me from from the episodes that I I've watched as well because um, you know you, you, I really expected them to know what the other contestants were, were doing and so uh, mm-hmm. it, without that it's it's um, it,
3: well. Uh, sorry sorry to interrupt uh, you, David. There's, there's a brief moment um, in the San Monique episode. I don't know if it was it episode six, episode yeah, seven. I seen and that one. They, yeah, yeah. They, they try and edit the footage to make it seem like um, all the contestants are in the same place. Mm-hmm. And they tr- edit it and film it and shoot it as though they're all there in the same place. But they're so obviously not.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, at, at the very start of uh, episode one, you have all these guys who are coming out of big bank vault with nine separate things of a million pounds mm-hmm. each and like you know it's like that went no, to the airlines yeah <laughs> also uh, this is a quick question so uh, uh, the last three groups how did they get all that money through customs don't know don't know as it's not real money bill <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah British British television isn't like American television. I don't think. I think on American reality TV, if someone brings out a briefcase of cash, they have to offer that as the prize, right? That's right. regulated somewhere. Yes, yes, it is. I don't think that is a
0: thing in Britain. No, it's not. So it can be like this is an invitation to the prize you may win, yeah, or something in right. the right. Yeah.
2: Okay, can but, um, I say something real quick? This is going to be a little cynical, but I can't help it. It's like okay, there are some james bond fan fans and have websites and they have like they have gone i'm not going to name them but they have like said oh this is great this is the greatest thing ever like no it's a reality tv show that's all it is but like there are some james bond fans and fan groups who view themselves as an extension of eon's public relations department and they're going crazy over this
3: I mean, I must also say there are some people, we are in a drought right now, so I imagine there are some people who are clinging on to absolutely anything they can get.
2: Well, and that's why I said this is the equivalent of James Bond Jr. in the 1990s. Again, a long, extended hiatus. Different genre. James Bond Jr. was a children's cartoon show. This is a reality show, but it's a placeholder for whenever Eon gets around to doing I another film
3: the, the key difference is though that james bond jr i do love james bond jr I will, i'll defend it any day but it was it was clearly made by people who loved the films and clearly people who wanted to steep the lore of the films and use and mm. exploit mm.
0: the films to make the best show within, they could, within the, the parameters extremely of they tight extremely tight restrictions that they had to yeah. work with it yeah right uh, and, and i th- agree with you sean i, th-
3: th- I absolutely show- agree with you my this feels like it's embarrassed to have a 007
1: logo on it.
2: My comparison is not perfect at all, but strategically, it's the same thing. It's, you know, we have an extended hiatus and we're going to have something to mark time until we finally get around to make another James Bond movie.
3: And you see, yeah, but in theory, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Like I say, I think this could have worked. And I think there is a gem of an idea here. A James Bond-themed Amazing Race could have really worked. And if you're really investing in the films and you're including the films and splicing in footage of the films and incorporating the brand that you're riffing off in a way that also appeals to the general audience as well as the fans, because the fans are going to watch it regardless, we stick a 007 logo on it, we're probably going to watch it, let's face it. it. It it could have, like James said, been a way to try and bring new people and that reality TV audience. Because let's face it, the ne- the newest generation, the generation below me, isn't invested in james bond and isn't massively well versed in james bond and that this could have been a great way to get them in because you see stuff you see the uh, the two brothers on the cable cars and then you cut to the cool footage from the cable car fight and it makes someone go oh moonraker's on amazon prime i'll watch that even while i was watching they can even have the pop-up
0: say watch later or queue right because you're on amazon Prime.
3: even while i was watching this when i got to the very last episode a spoiler the very last shot is the roger moore parachute jump from the Star by love me did did a james bond film come up on the watch next no it was some yes. random amazon original
2: here in the, here in the u.s it did it, it came up with like oh casino royale next
3: ah well you see it didn't do that over here okay and well, it, it just it seems did, it did like here
2: in the u.s just well, fyi y-
3: you could have had a great opportunity at the end of every episode you've seen this location in the episode click here to watch the movie just something just well, something to yeah. get people from the show to that next step of watching well, the film that's what they've it, not there's done. lots
0: there's lots of issues i have with how amazon prime have presented the Bond movies including calling diner the day understated and <laughs> um well, and also well, I, I had to watch mo- the end of moonraker credits the other day um to check something and it said up next octopussy i'm like no it's not <laughs> Does it
3: say up next for your eyes only at the end of Spire
0: love me. In the burning, yes, <laughs> yes.
2: Sean, I I mostly agree with you, but I'm just saying that like if the questions had more of a tie uh-huh. to James Bond, that would have been better. Again, yeah, the but they Monza could have done it-
0: episode. You know, had you, nothing to do with James right. Bond. Do you agree, Bill, that They could have done James Bond themed questions that you could answer with, by not ever having seen a James Bond movie. <laughs> Yeah, with a little research. Because I, I think it's possible to do it. Yeah, I agree. It,
3: it, it needed the questions just to have that ability to deduce the answer. So, for example, when the guys were in the house in Venice, they have to look through the house for clues. If, the James, if it's a James Bond-themed question, then they're looking through the house for James Bond-themed clues or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, nearly all unscripted reality shows, season one is rough. Amazon's already greenlit scenes too, so we're going to get more of this. I wouldn't be shocked if there's significant retooling in the, in the second series. I,
3: it it needs it. I don't think, to the credit of the production crew and to the people that filmed this and the camera guys and stuff that followed the teams around, did a great job. It looked, it as a show... As just on a visual point of view, it looked beautiful. All the B-roll footage was absolutely stunning, and it's just gorgeous to see those locations. Uh, but the format, it's the very format of the show itself that really needs to change.
1: And yeah, other... I, 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 I think the it looks fantastic. Uh, I, I agree completely with that. No, I, when um, When we were watching, I was thinking, well... Maybe they didn't actually need to do a reality show, but maybe they just needed to do a travelogue. They have the Bond locations with yeah. Bond music and I, I reckon uh that would have been uh that would have been a great
0: uh You could have uh, had Judy Dench. She- you could have Judy Dench visiting locations around the world that run Bond movies and talking to some people and it would have been better because i don't fricot- know i don't know if you've been keeping up david but in the uk like tr- celebrity travelogues are like the format of du jour right now
1: oh not yeah really. we, we, no, i didn't
0: know that yeah, yeah it's we, like,
1: we
3: love celebrities going up canals and stuff like that right <laughs> love it that's not a euphemism
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know the photography was very good particularly of the locations there was this one shot it was actually in the amazon rainforest and a plane is going and you know what the way it, the way the The shot was composed. It actually reminded me of the first shot of GoldenEye, which, of course, wasn't in the Amazon rainforest, but just you know the way the plane, the way it was against the you know the trees and such. That was that was what I instantly thought of, and then it turned out to be something else. But you know, if they had done more of that, I I think Bond fans would have been more satisfied but i
3: think i think on the flip side of that though um that they need to not be embarrassed by the camera um no. there's and what i mean by that is that there's a lot of stuff where you see so you'll see couples get to the destination and there's the suitcase and then they have to pick up the suitcase and then you'll see it from two or three reverse angles or there was a shot of the where the guy the um the dad and his son they had to move, jump onto a moving train later on. And then there was a close-up shot of them jumping on the train. And quite obviously, the train was stationary. And it's quite obvious that right. they've got there. And then they said, right, we need to stop. We need to reset. We'll film you from this angle. We'll film you getting a yep. case from that angle. And then try to match it up. They need to not be afraid to get a camera in the back of the
0: shot like a good reality TV show does. All reality TV shows are multi-cam, right? Yeah. And this was shot as if it was single-cam. Yeah. And that's.
3: <clears throat> and, and, and the problem is, it just it slows down. It slows down the pace and it slows down the energy when you've got an edit and you're very clearly watching something. And you're going, well, that didn't, that, there should be a cameraman stood there. So that, that, that doesn't line up. And it needs to embrace the reality side a little bit more. It looks stunning, but it needs to just not be afraid to show the camera and the crew there alongside the contestants.
2: Hmm. also fyi most uh reality shows have a writer who get who has access to all the footage yes. to create a narrative right i'm glad you like, mentioned you know,
0: that Bill. these because... are called
2: unscripted
0: they're, scripted, oh, they're scripted so a good friend of mine um <clears throat> works pretty high up at one of the big reality shops down in la and they do some of the most well-known unscripted shows and he once described it to me as if like Doing an unscripted show is like filling a bathtub to the top, and then your job as the editor is to boil that down, like making maple syrup, until the only thing left in the bath is like half a teaspoon of liquid, and that is your show. So you literally shoot a 1,000 hours to get 30 minutes, right? This show, I think they used everything they shot. That's the difference. It was was a reality unscripted show made by people who had never done it before, I think. Uh, or weren't following the model that's been successful. They were trying to do it their own way, like trying to shoot it as a single cam movie when it was a (laughs) multi-cam reality show. Um, So fundamentally, which makes it look different, right? It makes it look different than the other reality shows, but it doesn't mean it works.
3: And it's ultimately why it was unrewarding at the end, because by the time they got to the end of all the shooting, they had three couples who, none of which had got towards the million. right? And instead of being able to sit down and go, right, well, we need to film a couple that do get to the million and then edit that into what we already have. They've then just edited what they already have and dragged it over eight episodes.
0: Well, I do. I do wonder though, because um, it's a strange thing that formats of shows are, pro- are protected, especially in the States, which is why like when you invent a show, you can sell it to like 50 different countries and nobody can rip you off. So I do wonder if they were walking a tightrope between like, well, if we do this, it's going to be too much like the amazing race and we might get sued. Right, but, but all I mean is Dave, because it,
3: it, Brian Cox very often tells us there's nine sets of contestants, but that was obviously recorded after. You could have just had ten sets of contestants, right, and just changed the script that Brian Cox reads,
0: or not have one of them in it because they didn't do it. You know, like, mm-hmm. they, didn't, like they weren't it, very, it could they weren't have been very seven good.
3: Seven or eight, <laughs> and and it probably would have been better and more cohesive if we'd have just followed a couple on their entire journey. At uh, a time, and instead of flicking backwards and forth between them all, then you're going right: who's this? Who's that? Or oh, how much money have they got? Whereabouts are they? If we'd have just say follow the Bone Brothers for a couple of episodes, then follow the Nurses for a couple of episodes, right. and then you arrange that to build up as a series, and then also you get out of that pitfall where the first episode and the first episode was by far the
0: worst of this series. Which well is that's not another a, not classic a great thing. error. That's a classic error of launching a show is to have your first episode be mm-hmm. the worst.
3: And but having if you'd have followed each couple all the way through their journey in one go it would have got rid of the fact that the first episode was
0: just people climbing up a hill
3: over and over again. Over and it just
0: cl- well, and it, Sean Connery made a movie about that didn't he?
3: <laughs> um. But but that, but that it was just so slow. And I remember after that first episode just thinking, God, this is really, really slow because you're not seeing any of the big action set pieces, which you would in the first episode. And they acknowledge that because they open the show with the couple walking up towards the crane. And so they're clearly someone has sat in that edit and gone, Well, this doesn't open exciting enough. Uh We need to bring
0: something else in. Uh Yes, exactly. Test screenings would have been like, This this is too slow.
3: And whereas if you'd have just rearranged the journeys, And then also you kind of also build up a bit of suspense because we as an audience then would know where each couple is going. So say you show the bone brothers for the first three episodes, you put some of the others that didn't go as far in the middle, and then you show the nurses for the last two episodes. By the time you're watching the nurses at the end of their journey, you know where they're going and you know what kind of challenges they're going to face. So you've kind of got a bit of excitement for that and kind of a built up of tension and you know what, and then you're kind of thinking, well, well, are they going to do it? Aren't they going to do it? It's not going to be as blind as right. it was, where they just have a random suitcase or a yeah. random
0: question. And, and the way to fix the predictability of those paths is to have choices, right? Yeah. Where the contestants can choose between one or two things, right? Yeah. So you may have seen the challenge in one episode. It might come up later, but they might, the other couple might choose to do something else. But it's at the same location, right? Yeah. For instance. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because they, they had multiple setups at each location. Right. They had multiple different channels. Like, for example, the laser rifle in the last episode, each couple does that, but each one is set up differently. So they're each shooting of slightly different targets.
0: Right. And having that choice is is the conclusion it's fixable.
3: I think so. I think they need to embrace Bond some more. It needs to be more of a marketing tool for the films for sure. When you've got these obscure props like the burnt out Jaguar. Or the the guy from Casino Royale, the card guy, or the button from Moonraker, have some kind of tag, like um, point out what that is, point show us what you're referencing. Don't assume. Don't just say, "Well, that's one for the Bond fans who are going to get it," because what's the point? We already know anyway. Um, I think it, it does. It needs to be more Bond. Needs to be more Bond and more obviously Bond for the general audience. And it just needs changes to the format of how the content, and then changes to how that format's presented, I think. But I do think there's a gem of an idea there. Absolutely.
0: What do you think, David? Is this, is this redeemable? Well,
1: um, I, I've been enjoying it uh, as it is anyway. And uh, so uh, could it be improved? Yeah. Sure, it could. Uh, I don't have any specific ideas, but um, what, what you've been talking about uh, uh, sounds sounds sensible. I, I mean, I, I don't watch reality TV, so I've got nothing to compare it with. Um, I, I think the main thing about it for me was that I thought it was going to be dire, and I was surprised that I enjoyed it. So, um,
0: <laughs> you went in uh, with very low expectations. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I had very low expectations, and and uh, uh, and I enjoyed the first episode. So, um, you know, for, for me, uh, it, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I'm not going to start watching other reality tv shows uh you know but the, the the main thing i i like about it is i i enjoy listening to the music so
2: yeah uh, i have <clears throat> i have two suggestions diversify the music a bit you've got 25 movies you don't have to do rely on just five and you know, make the questions a little more germane to james bond but they don't have to be like james the bond location they specific they're in. yeah you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. To your point about the Eiger Bill, I wouldn't be surprised if it's season two, the climbing down Mount Rushmore. You
3: know? <laughs> I mean, I must say, I do think they need to um, leave Europe behind a little bit. This series was very, it was both Europe and South America focused.
2: Oh, and one more thought. It was in the later episodes, not so much the early episodes, we saw product placement by the usual suspects. Bollinger Champagne and Omega Watches. Like I didn't notice them that much in the early episodes and like the last two or three. Suddenly like they're beating us over the head with them.
3: Yeah, and, and the Royal Mint for the to the bars of gold.
0: That yeah. placement right there. So ratings on uh, on the usual alphabet scale we do? A, a, B, C, D, E, or F for fail. I give
2: it a passing grade, C C, C, plus, C plus, whatever. I mean, it's not a work, uh, it's worth watching once, but I wouldn't go back and watch it again.
0: That was going to be my next question, Bill. Is, is anybody, anybody going to rewatch this? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I mean, like, literally anybody, a- apart from if you're in the show.
1: Uh, I doubt it.
0: Right. Uh,
1: I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't see the point of watching it again.
3: Yeah. Um, re- really big fans of the card guy from Casino Royale. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm sure that there's a whole, uh, whole uh, subset of the bond community who are.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he'll have a fan. He'll have a fan page somewhere.
0: <laughs> so, David, do you do you give it higher or lower than Bill C plus?
1: Oh God, I was expecting a, a big F. So uh, yeah, I, I guess a C C C plus is about right. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, how about you, Sean?
3: Ah, uh, right. I no. I think I go lower. I give it like a
0: D, a D, maybe a
3: D minus. I it's. I'm frustrated because I can I can see a world in which this worked, and I can see right kind of where there were some people who had some good ideas and there are some people that worked very hard on this and did a great job but seriously the camera crew the footage looked brilliant and there someone was championing in this from the start and it feels like it was passed around various boardroom tables and changed into something that's ended up trying to please everybody and not pleased anybody like a buffet
2: yeah Sean, um, thank you, thank you for saying that because a lot of people accuse me of being like you know Debbie Downer. <laughs> like
3: I, I, I don't want to be. I, this is the thing. I don't want to be Debbie Downer because I, I will. If there's a season two, I'll I'll watch it and. I think with some tweaks and changes, it can work and it can do well. And I must say the contestants really impressed me and particularly the brothers and the two nurses. I really enjoyed watching yeah. them and their journey and I really enjoyed how they tackled the challenges and I thought that was exciting. I thought, but then that was just let down by some really questionable editing choices yeah. and some And just the absolutely bizarre format, which didn't let the audience in. I didn't have a clue how much every couple had saved and banked right. money right. there's the no
0: there was not, never an explanation of does bank no. means it's safe As they already yeah. won that do they risk yeah. it on the-
3: and when they were saying this question's for a hundred thousand pounds i'd be like well is that a hundred thousand pounds total or is that right. another hundred thousand pounds and I, I was really <laughs> confused by that and i spent so long trying to figure that out in my head that then i was distracted from what was going on and what looked good i think to be honest if you're going to fix it Bin off the questions completely. Just right. have people doing challenges for suitcases of money. And right. sim- make it simpler. Don't sp- sporadically edit around. Just There's there's a format that can work. It just needs homing in and refining.
0: But and I, that just I, needs somebody who's a producer on one of the successful shows to do about a day's consulting work. Yeah, and they'll
3: absolutely. It. Absolutely. Yeah. And, then, and then when you get to your cameo as well, just... Don't be afraid to embrace bond. Don't be afraid to embrace the well, franchise. Have someone. It doesn't even have to be. No, it's the mega person A-Lister. who introduces what
0: the challenge is. Well, yeah, yeah. That's the role, right? Yeah, that's who. You, that's where. That's how you wheel in the you know cast members of yesteryear. Yeah. Okay, I,
1: it, yeah i, I mean, i'm not a fan of the controller either I, I i think it would have been far better having his character
0: is completely all over the place yeah, i mean it, was it a character no it's like haha you weren't expecting that i've screwed you over and then the minute next minute getting teary eyed about somebody losing i mean which is it which
1: yeah, I, 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 it would have been better having uh, somebody like judy dench there or or you know one of the bond girls or or, or somebody who who ha- has uh, who, who, who has a relationship with, with the uh, Bond films.
0: Because <laughs> well, or, or Colin the, Salmon. Yeah. Yes. For example, yeah. 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 Who, for, by the way, for, is yes. in season two of The Lazarus Project, which is like the best show that's made this year. Might be. Uh,
2: something reinforced what Sean just said was, um, okay, first level was 5,000, next level was 10,000. Okay, so if you get to level two, is that 15,000 or is it just 10,000? Uh-huh. I, I was guess it was just,
0: just out of nowhere. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I, it was kind of hard to figure out because, you know, you would have a close shot of, uh, you know, the controller marking his ledger like, well, well, yeah, it, it was unclear how much. It, w-
3: it was unclear, and there needs to be some balance between uh, the relation of the amount that's in the suitcase and the actual task and question that's being right. undertaken. Like, for example, I know I'm banging on about this a lot, those two nurses, bless them at the end, who had to – shoot had to they had to go up the mountain in switzerland shoot tiny explosive targets with a laser rifle that you didn't know where it was firing in the space of three minutes and then they got a suitcase with a clue they had to figure out the clue then take another suitcase that they didn't know what was in it and go on a long journey up through a cable car then climb eiger and then go through a load of tunnels and then they got to another suitcase where there then was a question and a key where they had to undo the other suitcase and then they got there and That was only for £300,000 anyway, and they didn't win it. And it makes you think, what on earth would have been the ridiculous sort of contrived scenarios for the rest? Just simple it, just really shave it down. We
0: talked about this. The the way to make it work is you have a knockout contest where the the last team standing wins the million. You're guaranteed a winner.
3: Yep, and then it's competitive and the... Competitive nature of it is entertaining in itself and will.
0: I do wonder though, Sean, if it was one of those Eon, like we can't have the goodies in the video game multiplayer shoot each other.
3: Mm-hmm. Kind of decision can't be too
0: competitive. It can't be too competitive. Yeah,
3: but the, but then the way you solve that then is to not intercut between all the contestants like it's a competitive show. Right. Show them as one at a time. Show them individual journeys. Right. You can also have one the, or the
2: other. Also, at the very end with the nurses, suddenly it went from uh three choices to five like yeah. Oh. oh yeah yeah it's yeah. like oh shit. i was watching it like oh man like and
3: and it was a question that was very woolly where actually when you look at the way they worded the question because it was which of one of the which of these following five things is worth
0: around
3: five hundred thousand right. pounds and they were all <laughs> things that were worth pretty much around that anyway so yeah. it could have been any of the answers and who, and
0: who valued it right um right. so you may be shocked to hear that there was- this show employed three people to write the questions. Three? And, and another person to check them. And they
3: didn't just read like a SATS, Key Stage 1 SATS paper. They could have gone
0: down the pub and played the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? <laughs> <quite> a <good> <laughs> <game>. <laughs> yeah. Fruit Machine and and got questions. Yeah. Oh. But the no, so, no, conclusion no. is it's fixable. Nobody's ever going to rewatch it. And um, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, 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 and maybe, it, it, and
0: maybe they should have Brian Cox there when they actually talk to the contestants. <laughs> that might help. Yes.
2: Yeah. 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 In oh, so- fact, in fact, round two, series two, like, okay, for episode one of series two, Brian Cox talks to all the contestants, nine
0: pairs, however, sets they them do off it. on their mission.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Integrate Which could be shot after they finished.
0: Yeah. Because that's often how it's done too. Right. <laughs>
3: It's just, and and it needs more Bond. It doesn't have to necessarily, you don't need Bond fans. That it doesn't need to be no. super down your throat Bond, but just
2: well, don't more, be afraid. Bo- more Bond to, references, especially with the questions. Just yeah, a little bit when, with the questions.
3: And your references, the Bond references, make them explicit so a
0: general audience can follow them and understand them. Yeah. I think, do we all agree though, that the show was better for not having Bond fans as contestants? Yes.
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bit. Well, uh, partially because it would have been really boring to watch because like you say, Bill, the two brothers, when they went to down through yeah. the jungle and got the picture yeah. of the yeah. wheelhouse, any Bond fan would have gone, Oh, that's the, that's in Rio. That's the cable car house. And then that would have I don't
0: like Roger God. Morris Bond. I'm not going <laughs> to do this challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even buy the VHS when it came out.
3: Yeah, you don't need to be Bond for, and part of, and that was part of the joy. And there was a lovely, there was a lovely little bit in the final episode where the two nurses got into the Aston Martin DB5 and they're pressing all the switches and it's showing you what all the little gadgets are. And they're going, oh, what does this do? And what does that do? And their experience, and that was kind of nice. And that's seeing someone else sort of introduced to the world, a Bond like that, is, was interesting.
2: And I enjoyed it. Right. Yeah, probably DB5 replicas they built for No Time yes. to Die, but yes. So it yeah, took a long time the, to
0: sell them. Yeah,
3: yeah. and it, well, let's face it, if we'd be really picky, it shouldn't have been a DB5 in Switzerland anyway. It should have been the, yeah. uh, the DBS, but <clears throat> that's by the way. I,
0: I'll just leave you with this. Um, if it came to a choice between watching Never Say Never Again or Episode 3 of the show, I, I think I'd be watching Never Say Never Again. Yeah. <laughs> And if you know me, that's pretty telling. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for joining us, David, Bill, and Sean. And uh, we'll see you for season two.
3: (laughs) Where someone might actually win a million.